Hey everyone, this is Tim Harris. I'm the pastor of Woodburn Baptist Church and this is our weekly podcast. Hope it encourages you. Hope it makes you want to be closer to Jesus and more like him. Hope you enjoy this sermon. And if you want to know more about us, find us online at woodburnbaptist.org. Good morning. My name is Jason Dunbar. I am the youth and young adult pastor here at Woodburn Baptist. So if I have not met you yet, I hope to get to know you soon. Uh, pastor Tim is, is away on vacation, he and Casey, so we pray that they are being restful and, and getting the rest that they need. We're excited that they got to get away and uh, they'll be back with us next week. So uh, pray for a, a safe journey back home. And um, as I've shared with the, the previous uh, services today, this, have you ever had one of those weeks <laughs> or you just, you just can't get on top of everything and it, you just feel like you're just playing catch up all week. And this has been one of those weeks uh, for me and, and leading up to this couple weeks leading up to this. And, and so I've never really felt as unprepared as I have today, but um, God has just been um, you know, moving and, and speaking. And so I, I hope and pray that you guys can just lean in with me for, for the next few minutes and just hear what God has for us. Uh, I wanna talk about something that seems very, um, it could be trivial in some aspects, in some aspects it's, it's, it's catastrophic, uh, but the idea is, is lying, and it's not, we're not talking about lying is wrong, we understand that, but I just want to talk about the idea of living a lie. Uh, have any of you in this room ever been lied to, just in general? Yeah, probably everybody, and anybody in this room ever lied? It's confession time. Yeah, be careful. Um, I'd say everyone in this room has lied at some point. If you haven't, then you're doing it now. Um, so the idea is, is that, yes, we, we tell lies. Um, now, all of you in this room who have children um, would probably tell me the same thing, that you have the best kids in the world, or you should. If you don't, then you should say that. But you, we, everybody feels like they have the best kids in the world, right? We love our children unconditionally. And as, and as parents, we know our kids well. We're with them all the time, so we know even on those days where things are crazy and they're not acting the best, we know them and we know their hearts and we know that they're the sweetest little things in the world. And so it's easy to say, my child is just the sweetest thing ever. Now I know all of you can say that, but I have the microphone today, so I can say that, that my children are the sweetest kids ever. Um, but I'm, I'm, no, uh, I'm not delusional, I understand that they are far from perfect. I understand that and you will all agree, I'm sure, with, um, with your own children. And, Mainly for, for my kids, it's because they have an imperfect dad and, and I mess up. Uh, I can't say that about their mother. She's about as perfect as they can get. Um, I assume, assume all the, the sweetness in our children comes from her and everything else comes from me. Um, I say that because she's in the room. Uh, <laughs> but every once in a while, you know, the, the, some, something not so sweet will come out of, of one of the kids or usually all of them at the same time. But uh, for our youngest, and I say youngest right now because we're about to have an, another one. Um, so thankfully we have some doctors right in front of her in case, because it's any time now. Um, but our youngest right now, Bennett, he's, he just turned two and, and he has been facing this really uh, a bad addiction um, for a two-year-old and he's addicted to yogurt. And this kid could eat his weight in yogurt, the little yogurt, Dannon yogurt smoothie bottles that are like this big, 
he will just, he just chugged and chugged and chugged. And we, I'm like, we're buying these all the time. We'll go to Sam's and get like a pallet of them and put them in the refrigerator. And, and I, Caitlin and I talked about, we can't afford to feed this addiction anymore. So we had to cut him back. He's getting one yogurt a day. He's not, he's not happy about it, but that's what he's getting. So it, a little while back, he was, you know, in wanting a yogurt. Um, I was in the other part of the house and I knew Caitlin was going to get him one. So uh, I wasn't in the room to, to, to see it, but I knew she was doing this. So when I came in a little bit later, I saw no evidence of yogurt because uh, he just chugs it like immediately and then he gets rid of the evidence. But, um, and so he immediately comes to me because now Caitlin's in another room. He comes to me and says, Daddy, can I have yogurt? Yogurt. And I'm knowing that he'd probably just had one. Uh, I asked him, Did, didn't mom give you a yogurt? Didn't mom just, no, daddy, no. And he had this little smirk. And so I know him well enough to know if that smirk is, is in there, then, then it's not, he's not being completely truthful to me. And I'm, I knew that meant something. Of course, so of course I asked Caitlin and, and she you know, said that he had yogurt. He'd already put the stuff away so nobody could see it so that he could try to get another one. Um, so that sweet little boy tried to swindle me and to get another yogurt out of me. And so, of course, I pressed him, as, as you do a two-year-old, to confront him and tried to get him to explain, to, or me to explain to him what lying is about. But he told me the truth. He, he laughed. He thought it was funny that he was trying to trick me. And the reality is that little lie wouldn't really hurt a lot, right? It's not about the fact that other than maybe he would not be able to eat dinner, you know, because he'd be full. But it, it, it's... it's we can justify these degrees of lying uh, because we say, well, this one doesn't really hurt anybody. And again, we're not talking about lying in, in general uh, because I'm assuming everyone in this room knows that lying is wrong. We're, we're building off that base assumption that you know lying is wrong. Um, and so I wanna talk about what could be considered the biggest lie in Christianity. Um, and I say the biggest lie because it's, it's damaging, it's, it's hurtful and, and probably the most um, noticeable thing about it is that it is isolating. It will set you aside and make you feel all alone. And the thing is, the reality is that most Christians tell this lie at different times and, and many tell it every day. I have caught myself telling it. I've actually said it today. I'll be honest. And, and the thing is, I can justify it in my head and I'll explain that in here in a second, but it's so easy when we talk about Christians lying, our minds obviously are, tend to go to the idea of hypocrisy. That's what the world you know, throws that, that word around a lot when we talk about church. And a hypocrite is, is essentially someone who says one thing and does another, right? Someone who pretends to do something or to be someone that's just not who they are. Uh, the Bible, when it talks about hip, hypocrisy, it, 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 the original word translates to literally the idea of acting or an actor. And so they're acting, a person who is a hypocrite is essentially acting in order to hide something about them or hide something that they want to not reveal to someone else, to, to be something that they are not. And so it's directly related to this lie that we're talking about or will be talking about. Um, and, it, and again, it's because most, if not all Christians have had times in their lives, maybe their whole life, where they have been acting, uh, playing a part, putting on a show, not for show, but just to keep others from seeing what's really inside, for the world to see this side, but nobody can really see what's here. And there are tons of reasons why hypocrisy is, is dangerous and so serious, but it's, if you ask the unchurched world, that's one of the biggest reasons that people use about not coming to church or not attending church is because it's full of a bunch of hypocrites. And they're not always wrong. 
we like to say, well, that's not true. They just don't know us. Well, it's because they don't know you. You haven't allowed yourself to, to get rid of the facade to let them see the real you. And so I say all that to build up what we're talking about today because I, I want us to be able to figure out how we can conquer this lie. And, and as a mission one church, we're gonna be turning to James chapter five. You can go ahead and flip to that if you want. But if we're looking to mobilize, we, we've been talking about this mission one vision at Woodburn Baptist Church. And the idea is for us, first of all, as a body of believers, to become unified, to come together for a, for a common vision, to unify as one body. And that vision is then to reach out to this community and beyond for the sake of the gospel, to reach individuals who will rather reach individuals who will reach individuals and it will ripple out into the world. And that is what we are, we are trying or hopefully seeking to do. But if we are going to do that, we need to be as honest as we can be with each other. And I truly believe that when we are real and we just admit who we are, the world is gonna be drawn to that. They're gonna be like, okay, well, that's, that's different than what I thought the church was. So let's look at this passage and we'll break this down. James chapter five, we'll start in verse 13. This is about prayer. I, this is one of my favorite passages. I've come to this a lot in my life, but I've really been kind of, God's been making me sit in this for the last several weeks. But here it is, chapter five, verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have, been com if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning just seeking your face. I pray that you just get rid of distractions and things that might be on our minds and just help us to just hear from you this morning, God. This is all about you. Just let us lean in and hear your words this morning. We ask these things in your son's name, amen. So you may be asking, okay, so what is this biggest lie that I've been talking about in Christianity? Again, some of you, myself, have already said this today. How are you doing? Good. How's your week been? Fine. What's going on? Not, not much. It doesn't necessarily seem like a lie because in that moment you might be okay, but I would guarantee that over half, if not more, of people in this room are not fine. You're not okay. You're not good. You may not be in a, in a catastrophic situation, but it's just not been a good week. And again, it may not seem like a big deal because it's like, okay, well, this is not a huge lie. It's gonna change the world. And that's how we justify it, right? But because of that, it has become one of the most destructive and damaging lies that we can tell because it isolates us. We tell people we're fine when we're not. We read in Matthew, if you, if you read scripture and you know this story, but Jesus tells us, he's, he's, he's urging people to come to him. If you're burdened, if you are worried, if you are troubled, whatever the case might be, come to me. If your hearts are heavy and when you need help, I will give you rest, he says. I will give you peace. I will ease your burdens. But the thing is, most of us won't even admit that we have burdens. Most of us can't let ourselves be honest with God and, and with others and the people that he has placed in our lives to just open up about whatever the truth might be. You might think, okay, well, mine's not that big a deal. Well, it is to you. You're in it. Well, mine's, uh, they're, they're struggling with something else that's so much worse. And that may be the case, but maybe they just want to lean into you for a minute and not have to deal with their stuff. 
Sometimes we just need to lean into each other. We can help each other. And that's what he wants for us. If somebody's asking you how your week, be honest. Actually, it's, it's not been the greatest week. How, how are you doing? Well, I've, I've been struggling with some depression. I have some anxiety. What's going on? I, I felt, uh, I've been feeling depressed. Christians have bought into this lie that we need to be perfect and we need to kind of have it all together and we need to look right. We need to be strong. We don't need to show any emotion now unless that emotion is joy because we need to be joyful as Christians, right? But if we're not joyful, we must not be living right. We must not be, you know, spiritually healthy or all these things that are going through our minds. And that is such a lie. Jesus tells his disciples in Luke chapter 18 that anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. We are supposed to have faith like a child. And, and, and I know that you're thinking, well, how does that relate to this? Well, let's, let's look at this. There, this, this analogy makes sense in so many ways, but for our purposes today, just think about how good is a small child at how good are they at hiding their emotions? Not so good, right? Like I shared with Bennett about Bennett. He couldn't keep that off his face for more than a second. And, and, and the thing is with him, I know exactly if he's mad because it comes out. I know when he's happy. I know when he's excited. I know when he's sad. I know when he, whatever he's feeling, because he's small enough at this point, he doesn't hide it. He just lets it out. It just kind of bubbles out of small children, right? They can't hold in how they're actually feeling. And so they seek comfort. We can learn a lot from this, right? We can learn a lot from children. We can learn that there is, there is hope and there is, there is purpose in just stepping out and saying, listen, I'm not okay right now. We're not looking for an answer. I can't always solve whatever he's upset about, but I can hold him. I can comfort him. And how comforting that is to just be held. And the thing is, once they start getting older, you know, kids and then to youth and then into adults, it's just the opposite, right? That emotional um, barrier just grows and grows and grows until you're like, you, you, you can't get through. You know, something that we learn as we grow is, is really well is, is how to hide what's actually going on. We don't have problems, right? I'm not going to tell people my problems. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be a strong, independent, grown-up. I'm an adult. I can do things on my own. I don't need any help. But that's not what God calls us for. That's not what he created this church for. Jesus wants to come to him like a child, and he wants us to understand that that's what he created a family for, for us to love on each other in those moments of need, in those seasons of need, in those years of need, whatever they might be. And so you need to know, first of all, that you can come to Jesus honestly. You can open up and he will listen, right? You need to understand that he's not fooled by any of the fake facades that you put up or any of the things that you're pretending. Of course, he knows what's going on and he wants you to come clean so he can ease your burden. But and that sounds great, right? That's, that's simple. It's like, okay, yes, let's do that. Let's just do that. We'll go to Jesus. Every time we have a problem, it's gonna, gonna solve it. It's gonna be perfect. We could leave here today and be happy with that. But the reality is, it's, it's the process. That's where it gets uncomfortable. Sometimes Jesus requires uh, us to, to maybe step out in faith in order to begin to ease that burden. And sometimes that stepping out means to just going to someone that you know you can trust and be like, listen, I'm struggling. Will you pray with me? And immediately that burden will begin to be lifted. It's not gonna go away right then. It's not going to necessarily solve your problem, but I guarantee you will begin some, some sense of relief. And so Jesus lightens our burdens and, and, and 
we have to understand that it's not the people around us that are, that are able to do anything magical or mystical. It's just the fact that God created relationships. And so through that, he provides healing. He provides comfort. He provides an opportunity for burdens to be eased. I want to read one more passage. You, can t- you don't have to turn there. You can keep your finger in James. Uh, but John chapter 17. This, is, this, this chapter is a prayer from Jesus uh, speaking, and, and, and we're going to read a portion of that. John chapter 17, starting in verse 20, it says this, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So this is to us. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them glory the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So again, this is a, a part of a, of a larger prayer, but this particular section is Jesus is praying for us, for you and for me. And, and it's it's. You know, you can read scripture and, and, and a lot of times it's difficult to figure out how does this relate to my life sometimes, but this is just, it's right here. There's no confusion. He is literally saying, I'm praying for believers. I'm praying for them, praying for you. So, so what is he praying about? He's, his emphasis is on unity and, and oneness. And again, it goes back to our mission one and pushing toward that vision. We have to be unified. Jesus basically defines unity in his prayer by talking about just being one. It's as simple as that. You combine all the parts, whatever they are, whoever they are, into one, one complete part. And so it's through this, during this prayer for unity that we, we maybe come to a little bit more of an uncomfortable truth at times that goes along with the fact that he wants us to be as children and, and, and open up, open up to each other, Right? Because you can't be one with someone you don't really know. How can you be knighted with someone that you have never opened your heart to? Someone you've never opened up to? How can we be parts of a whole if we don't allow anyone in? We can be, you know, we can coexist, but we will never be unified unless we open up and, and allow each other in. And, and we have this tendency to just put these walls up and Jesus is saying, drop it. He wants us to come to him and and that is the first truth that we have to understand. But at the same time, sometimes coming to him means that we do that through other people. We allow, he, he will work through other people, people who have been through something that you've been through. Something that you have, you're now in the middle of, someone in this room probably has experienced or something similar, and they can give you maybe some insight, or they can just be there, hey, listen, hang on, there's light at the end of this tunnel. That's sometimes all, it need, all you need. But the thing is, Jesus wants this, this unification of us, those who are following him, and this means if Jesus wants us to be unified as believers across this church and across this community and world, then we as believers, as Christians, we need to be the most encouraging we need to be the most accepting. We need to be the most loving and, and forgiving and caring and helpful people on the face of the earth. But oftentimes what the world sees, and not always to our fault, I'm not saying that, but a lot of times it is because we put these walls up and this facade up, but a lot of times the world just sees people who either have it all together or think they have it all together, and it, and it isolates 
right? If you think about, if you walked into a place where you were just struggling and it looked like every single person in that room or in that area had everything together, they never had any struggles, are you gonna open up about your struggles? Probably not. Probably you're going to feel like, oh, I must be the only one dealing with this or something's wrong here, something's wrong with me. And it's, 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 it's isolating. It brings you back to that, that isolation and that self instead of being in unity with everyone else. And so we have to be real with each other. You have the power to help people ease their burdens if they are maybe seeing you being real. They see you admit that you don't have it all together. You, I'm not, you don't have to give all your juicy details, but sometimes it's just mean like, listen, I don't, I, I'm struggling too. And they'll be like, okay, okay, I'm not alone. Let's look back, if you, ha- if you still have your finger in, in James chapter five, look back at verse 16. I want us to lean into this one, this one verse. It says, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Produces wonderful results. So you see, healing is possible. Miracles are possible Resolution is possible, but the first step, it says here, is to talk to each other. Tell each other your burdens. The passage uses the word earnest, right? Some translations say fervent. Either way, it's the idea of praying as though something is at stake. You're laying it all out there. You're praying fervently, earnestly. You're praying for this, whatever it might be. And James is, of course, reminding people that we need to share with each other. This translation that I read says, uh, confess your sins, but others say confess your faults. It's essentially the same idea. And again, it's not always telling, about telling each other your deepest, darkest secrets. You can do that because you should. You should find somebody that you can, that you can confide in. But it's also just about telling them, hey, like, I'm struggling right now. This is a shortcoming I have right now. This is a struggle. This is a, a worry. This is a stress. This is a hang up. Because if we don't share our struggles, then how can people pray for us? How can we truly say that we are caring for our brothers and sisters in Christ when we don't know what they do when they walk out these doors? And so you're on your way, and I know I've been there too, I get it. I understand this is not always easy to practice, right? This, just here at church, this hallway down here is like, what, a mile long? And so if you need to get to, from one end to the next before something starts, then you gotta get there. And so you're walking down that hall and you've passed somebody and they go, hey, how's it going? And then your immediate response is, I got to get somewhere. I'm good, you, and you keep walking. But maybe, just maybe, you need to pause for a second. Maybe we need to do that. And, and, and we don't have time for it, right? We don't make time for it anymore. We just simply don't make time. And, and, and all I can say is shame on me for doing that and shame on all of us for doing that. And, and we will never be a unified body if we are not making time for one another. So this passage in James kind of, he, he assumes that, that people are talking, that they're sharing and, and telling people what they're going through. And then the, the best part is the end of that verse 16 produces wonderful results. They see God move when they do this, when they step out of their comfort zone and say, listen, I'm struggling right now. This is what I'm dealing with. And then that person says, okay, I'm here with you. I will pray for you. I will pray with you. I will walk through this, sh- this shadow, this darkness, this struggle, whatever it is, with you. God's gonna do something amazing through that. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may be years down the road, but God will do something. It says it. He promises us he will do this. So the, the first step is that stepping forward. 
You know, saying something, if it may be, you know, hey, hey, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with depression right now. I just need somebody to, to, to know that somebody's there. Or, or I'm just really worried. Or I am, am dealing with a loss that I just can't get past. Or maybe, you know, I, there's an issue going on in my family and I just don't know what's going to happen. I just need someone to, to be there for me. The list could go on and on and on. But you, you get the idea. It's not always, again, about sharing every detail. That's totally up to you. You can only be the deciding factor of that, what you share. But it's just taking that moment to open up and say, I'm not okay. And let others step into your life for a moment or for a season and join you in praying earnestly. So the things that are on your heart need to be shared, not hidden. And I, I have experienced this in my own life, and I've shared this with you guys before, and I'll, I'll share it again, but this, the story of Caitlin and I's journey to, to grow a family, just like many of you in this room, we struggled with infertility. We struggled with loss through miscarriage. And, and the thing is, that initial uh, season of that, we, we, were, we didn't talk about it because there's a weird shame that goes with that that's just a whole issue that shouldn't exist. But there's also the, the, the idea that I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. She's a pastor's wife and, and we're called to have it together. We're supposed to be helping other people. And, 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 and so we were trying to do that, and, but we were broken inside. But people didn't know. We were, we were acting. We just, we're just going through life. But eventually we realized that we couldn't continue. It was, the darkness was too overwhelming. And so when we finally began to open up about this journey and share with people, it was, it was an, almost an immediate beginning of a release of a burden. It, the, the issues were, all, were still there and have been, and, and, and the hurt is still there. But the burden and that darkness began to fade and not because anybody did anything magical, but we had people stepping into our life to pray earnestly for us. People who have experienced it and could give us hope. People who were in it in that moment who also felt alone and didn't know that they had other people they could talk to. People who had never experienced it before, but just loved us and wanted to pray. And so through that process, healing began and God began to open doors. And, and over the past 12 years of growing our family, God, I'm well aware of how blessed that I am. I'm so thankful for what God has done in my family. And, and now with our fourth on the way, I, I'm, I'm so thankful and I'm so excited. And I cannot wait to meet her. But as I'm writing this message this week, I was not in a good place. I was not having a good week. Um, and God was telling me, it's time for you to... Practice what you preach, right? And, and the reality is I, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm stressed. I'm nervous about being the best dad I can be to each and every one of my children. Um, I don't want one to feel left out while I'm focusing on the other. And, and, and I know that God is going to provide, but I'm still worried. I've carried this and, I've, and, and, and it's been building as, as time has, has grown. And, and, and so I just asked for prayer. I'm not asking you guys to have a solution, but I need you to understand where I'm at right now in this particular season of my life. And so I'm asking you for just for prayer for, for myself and my family. We're so excited. And that's the thing. I, I've, I've done this in my head so many times. Well, you should be so thankful because of where you've been with this journey. And I am 
This stress and this worry doesn't mean I'm not thankful. It just means that I just want to do it well. So it's all about being open and honest. And it's not about trying to get attention or to bring people down with your issues. It's just realizing that that's what God created this family for. To be a community of believers who cares for each other. And if we plan to be a mission one church who is actively reaching the lost, then we need to be better about taking care of each other as well. So many people in this room and who have passed through these doors this morning are struggling, but they're doing it alone. They're trying to hide who they really are to survive on their own because they don't want somebody to see what's inside. Either they're ashamed or they're embarrassed or they feel alone, but life was not meant to be lived alone, right? You were not made to be secluded and, 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 and not ever letting someone in. If you do that, you're going to be miserable. You'll be sad, you'll be alone. And, and honestly, I will say this, if, if you decide to keep everything to yourself and then one day you look up and there's not a lot of people around you, that's because you haven't let them in. You don't get to blame everyone else saying, well, my friends, they don't understand me. Well, probably because they don't understand you because they don't know you. They don't know what's really going on. They can't speak into that because they don't know. Or those people, they, they, they don't, that church, they don't care about me and my issues. Well, that's because maybe you haven't really shown them who you are. So as we kind of begin to wrap this up, I just want to give you guys a challenge. And it really has two parts. The first part of this challenge is for those of you who are hiding or acting or pretending and maybe you've never really opened up or maybe you have, but you've closed back up or maybe you're going through something right now that you just don't want to talk about. The, the challenge is simple. It's just to drop the act. And I know that sounds much easier to say than do, but just stop pretending that everything is okay. When, when inside, it's not. Stop saying, I'm fine, when, when you really need to just say, hey, I'm going through this, would you pray with me? Stop thinking that God or the church demands you to be perfect because the truth is that this, this church should be the one place where you feel completely comfortable to be yourself, your imperfect self. Let your guard down. Find the people in this room or in this church who, who you can just let into your life and have real conversations with. If you've had a terrible week, you can open up about it. If you've had a great week or a great day, let's, let's celebrate that together, but let's not do it alone. And then the second part of this challenge is, it goes right along with that one and it's for everybody and it's to actively help others drop the act too. Make an effort. You know, it, it's hard to take that first step and say, hey, I need help. So if you see someone struggling, maybe you can take that first step. You can just reach out, tell them it's okay. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to face whatever's going on, to, to face situations that just stink where, and, and let them admit that they're not doing okay right now. Tell them that you're not always doing okay either. You know, if, if you, you know someone is facing something and you know that they're struggling and you say, how are you doing? And just don't let them off by saying, I'm good. I'm not saying stalk them and chase them down the hallway, but just encourage them to be open and honest with you. Tell them, I, I want a real answer, or how can I pray for you? You can, you can trust me. And then, of course, be a trustworthy person. Tell them, you know, you struggle as well, and you've gone through some stuff, or you're going through some stuff, and neither of you have to be ashamed 
of what you're facing. We need to completely destroy this lie that says the church is for people who have it all together because we don't. The exact opposite is true. Churches for people who realize that they are so messed up and so broken that the only hope we have is Jesus, right? Because I know that if I am so completely messed up and that, that Jesus is my only hope and, and you know that too, then maybe we can begin to finally have a real conversation about what's really going on in life. So understand that probably no one in this room has it all together, right? And, and honestly, you, you need to understand that your pastors, your pastors don't have it all together. And, and as I mentioned earlier, this week has been just a, I don't know, it's God trying to get my attention for this message, and he was drastic. And it's been a whirlwind, and again, I said I felt so unprepared simply because as I was writing this and stressing over everything that I stress over because I got to carry it all myself in my head, um, getting ready and stressing and trying to just make sure everything is in order and ready to go for this baby and everything else in our lives. It, um, I, I, my blood pressure went crazy through the roof and so much so that I had to spend several hours in the ER and I, I was in that moment, this is, uh, I debated with my wife, do I really need to go? And it's, yes, you're at stroke levels, you need to go. And, and so I, I, I felt like such a burden I have a pregnant wife that's about to have a baby any moment and they're wheeling me around. She's walking beside me. I felt like a chump. And, <laughs> and then I've got children at home who are worried. I've got, I've got family who are worried and I feel like I've been such a burden to them. And I felt like a burden to the uh, amazing friends who came and, and, and stayed with our kids. And, and the ironic part is I was, again, I was literally writing this message when all of this was happening. This is making my blood pressure go up, I guess. And, and, I don't, I've never, I haven't been to the ER. Maybe as a broken bone as a kid, I don't remember, but I haven't been as a patient. And so it was, it was just a weird feeling. And I, I felt this, this, I don't like to talk about my struggles um, because I feel like that I should have it together. And then God said, that's what I'm trying to get you to tell everybody else. And they need to understand that. And so I get it. I understand if you're walking in here right now and you're struggling and you don't want to talk about it. I, I get that because I don't either. I don't want to talk about it. But if I don't talk about it, how am I going to ever experience God moving through the relationships of you guys? How am I ever going to experience what I have experienced in my life? I've seen this happen when I opened up before and then I, you, know, you get back into a place and you close back up. But I've seen God move and, and provide healing and comfort through that. And so if I close off and don't open up to anyone, then I will never experience what God can do through this. So I, I need your prayers. My family needs your prayers. And, and as we all begin to figure life out and whatever this means and and, and, and I thank you for walking with me this morning through this mess that I feel like I presented. But I, it, it's, it's all about just being who we are. And I want you to understand that we are, this is where I am in this season of my life. And I'll bring a little bit of lightheartedness to this. I blame a lot of this on Ben back there, Ben Norred. Because this week, in, in, in Wednesday morning, I think it was, he comes and tells me that he had been moving. I, I was in the pavilion Tuesday outside studying. He was moving some stuff into the basement at some point during that day. And 
the basin of the parsonage. And about his fourth trip, I think it was, down, he said a snake in the parsonage fell on his head. Yeah, um, yeah I don't do snakes. I don't, I mean, if there's a snake comes up here, y'all are on your own. I don't do it. Um, and so my first response was, not worried about Ben, my first response was, I was out there and it could have gotten me and you didn't save me. And so that's where the blood pressure, I think, started. So I'm, I think I'm blaming Ben. I know it's not really his fault, but I, it definitely didn't help. Um, so I want you to understand that, that nobody has it all together. Your pastors, we don't have it all together. Your, your kids, your parents don't have it all together. We, we don't. Uh, your friends, adults, your friends, kids, your friends that are sitting next to you that may look like they have had it all together and their life is great, they don't. Part of the reason the lie is so vicious, again, that it convinces us that we are alone in these struggles. And the truth is, everyone is in the same boat facing these issues, going through whatever difficulties might be in front of them, but they just need someone to talk to. They don't, they're not always looking for someone, a handout. They're not looking for uh, you know, a, a, an, an answer, even. It's just a, a, a presence uh, that you're there beside them, Right? So before you go, I just want to ask you to do something. I want you to think about that one thing that you walked in here. Most of you probably in this room can think of it really quickly, that you're hiding from people. Maybe it's a struggle. Maybe you, you suffer with depression or anxiety. Maybe you have a little bit of doubt. Maybe you have just worry. Maybe you're struggling again with a loss that you, are, you, just, you just need someone to be there with you. But whatever it is, something that you just haven't shared with other people. For some of you, this, like I said, will be easy, but for others, you may not know where to start, but so, so just start with thinking about the one thing that you think about all the time, because that's probably what it is. It's on your mind all the time. It consumes you. That's what it is that you maybe need to share. And it may not even be a really heavy struggle. It might just be a distraction in your life that you need to share with someone so that they can help you get rid of that distraction. Oh. And, and the thing is, I just want you to challenge you to, to take that step to talk to somebody. You can tell everybody in this room if you want to, but I would start with one person that you can trust in this room or, or in this church that you can just go to and say, hey, listen, pray for me. This is what I'm looking at. And then when you go to them, it will begin to ease your burden so that when someone comes to you, you can be like, listen, I've been there. I understand. Let's walk through this together. And it will continue. It will go to the next person and the next person and the next person. And we will grow in unity. We can be accepting and forgiving and all of those things when we just admit that we all face stuff, right? We all struggle. We all fail. We all fall short. We all have issues and struggles and pain and just garbage in our life. And there's no reason to trudge through that alone. So we might as well help each other along the way because we all need the help, whether you want to admit it or not. So what are you hiding? So the, the challenge, of course, is to let it go. And again, I know that's easier said than done, but that first step to letting it go is just sharing it, opening up, let others step into your life to begin to ease that burden for you. Because again, as more people help you, the freer you become and the freer others will become around you. And I, I want you to understand that it's not individuals who are, relieving that burden or, or healing you. It is Jesus through them. 
But we have to have these relationships and we need these relationships that he's created for us. And so if you're in this room, first of all, and you don't know who Jesus is, that's the first step. I want you to, to understand that that is the most essential thing that you can focus on right now is getting to know Jesus as your personal savior. And if you don't know him as your personal savior, I would love to talk to you after the service or somebody on this stage or any deacons would love to just talk to you. We're not gonna make you do anything uh, that you don't wanna do, but we would love to answer any questions you might have and begin that process of getting to know who Jesus is. But those of you who do know Jesus in this room and you have been hiding something, I, I'm just encouraging you to, to identify that one person this morning that you can just go to and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Pray with me. Just ask them to. I guarantee you nobody's gonna say, nah. They're gonna say, okay, yes, I'd love to. So today needs to be the day that we drop the act and begin to be, become real. Become real with Jesus and become real with the people in the pews next to you. Let's pray. Let's pray.